All right, so here we go. We've got the results in 2022. It looks pretty good. I got to tell you the truth. This is a nice schedule, especially early. Let's run through all 17 games. Then we'll open it up to callers, find out what you think about this schedule, whether this is really fair. And you know what? Here, we know what we screwed up in 2021, right? When we looked at the schedule and you saw week 18 at Jacksonville, you were like, okay, that's an auto win. If they're within a game of the playoffs going into week 18, it's a lock they're going to be there because they're going to win in week 18 because the Jaguars suck. Well, this year we got kind of a similar dynamic, so let's talk about it. Week number one, Colts at the Texans, this game at 1 o'clock. Houston, the worst team in the NFL by proclamation. You got to figure that the Colts are going to be able to get their first opening game win since 2013. And it looks pretty darn good for their first opening two-game sweep since, I believe, when Peyton Manning was the quarterback of the Colts. I, I, I think it was 2009, maybe 2010. 2013, the Colts won the opener and lost the second game. 2012, I don't think they won the first two. Anyway, they played the Jaguars at Lucas Oil Stadium. We don't want to counter chickens before they hatch against the Jaguars. It seems like the Jaguars always force a split with Indianapolis, no matter how badly they suck. That game also at 1 o'clock. Week 3, the home opener. Colts, Chiefs, 1 o'clock. That's going to be a hell of a game. You're looking at a Colts team that's likely to be 2-0 and at that point against a Chiefs team that is among the best in the NFL and one of the most dynamic offenses in modern football history, no longer with Tyreek Hill, but still Patrick Mahomes, still a bunch of game changers on the offensive side of the ball. Travis Kelsey still doing good work for the Kansas City Chiefs. Week four. You know what? It's really interesting to see all these divisional matchups early, and that does not stop in week four. Uh, the Colts will host the Tennessee Titans in week four, and and so that will be three con- or divisional games in the first four weeks. The, uh, three games at home starting things off, uh, other than that trip to Houston for the openers. So you've got bang, bang, bang home games following a very, very winnable game on the road. Week five, Thursday night football against Denver at Denver. Denver, of course, now with Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy, wide receiver, arrested a little bit earlier today, oddly enough. Week six, another game against the Jaguars. This one, uh, this is really interesting to me that, that the schedule has lined up in this way. Uh, seeing all of these, that's four out of the first six games being uh, being within the division. And that is really, really a surprise. Uh, so you've got, uh, here we go, at, ja- at Houston, at Jacksonville, against the Chiefs uh, at home, against the Titans at home, Thursday Night Football at Denver, then a home game against Jacksonville. You've got the following week, at Tennessee, so like I said, five of the first seven games are against conference uh, uh, or divisional opponents. Week eight, how nice is this going to be? Carson Wentz comes to town. Let's hope he throws a shovel pass to Darius Leonard, and Darius Leonard takes it to the house. I would settle for Kenny Moore. One of the guys who played with uh, Carson Wentz should be able to pick that ball off and take it to the house. You got to hope. Justice has got to prevail, right? Week 9 at New England. Week 10 at Vegas. Week 11, so that's a good trip. Going out to Vegas, easy flight, right? Bomb, bomb, in, out. New stadium, kind of fun. Although you're putting money in Mark Davis's pocket, which has got to gall you. Week 11 at home against Philadelphia, the Eagles. Nick Sirianni comes back to town. Uh, along with Zach Paschal. We don't want to, you know, look askance at Zach Paschal. And then Monday Night Football at home against the Steelers in Week 12. Week 13, Sunday Night Football against Dallas. Week 14 is where the bye falls. Week 15, the Colts go to Minnesota. Week 16, they are at home on Monday Night Football against the Chargers. 
Week 17, final road game of the season against the Giants. And then the final game of the season is the first division game since Week 7. And that's against the Houston Texans here at Lucas Oil Stadium. So there's your schedule. Where does this kind of line up? What do you think about the record for this team? And and what is a game that you've kind of got circled on the schedule as one that you're very, very interested in? Line up. We'll take some calls right away. But I got to tell you, I love the Colts at Jacksonville. I love the, Col- or the Colts at Houston, then at Jacksonville. That's got to be 2-0, and right? And again, we don't want to, you know, put the cart before the horse and say, hey, we're going to just beat Jacksonville by showing up. Jacksonville is going to be better this year. They're not a terrible football team anymore with a terrible offensive line. Trevor Lawrence is going to take a step up in class. They drafted early. They drafted a center. They signed Brandon Scherf as a guard. This is a team that's going to have an offensive line that can protect a little bit. Now, do they have the weapons to be able to support Trevor Lawrence? That's going to be the question about the Jaguars. Then they come home for two against two really good teams from last year, at least. The Kansas City Chiefs, who might take a step, little step backwards this year because they lose Tyreek Hill, who is absolutely dynamic and a game changer for the Chiefs. And then... You've got a game against the Titans. A.J. Brown leaves. The Titans seem to have taken a step backward as well. Uh, week five at Denver, you, you could really, you could make a case for 4-0 at Denver. How good's Denver going to be with Russell Wilson? I can't tell at this point. I really have no earthly idea how good Denver is going to be. But Colts could go in there, maybe get a win. Then they've got Jacksonville again at Lucas Oil Stadium. You've got Tennessee at Tennessee. How good are they going to be? Washington comes into town with Carson Wentz in week eight. You know what? You're going to have people. And and we're going to hear from some of the people tonight. Maybe one of you is going to uh, activate yourself and you're going to be a caller. And you're going to say, you know what? I see us winning the first eight and then going to, into New England at 8-0. I think that that could happen. I don't think that could you're going to say that not me. I'm not I'm not putting that out there uh for the Colts. Uh but New England definitely winnable. Bill Belichick, I think without Tom Brady is he is he really any good at all? Is he a good coach without Tom Brady? I don't think we know that. I think maybe we'll find out. Uh and and hopefully we find out that he's not a very good coach once we get to week 9. Then in week 10 You've got at Vegas, week 11, here against the Eagles. The Eagles aren't that great, and they're never that great. Uh, Pittsburgh, not that great this year, and that game's at home on Monday Night Football. At Dallas, Sunday Night Football, the bye at Minnesota, then the, the Chargers here at the Giants, and against Houston. I don't want to go haywire. But man, you know what? I think you look at 11 and 6 as kind of a conservative estimate. I feel like a moron saying something like that. The last time I felt this good about a Colts team looking at the schedule when it was released was 2015. That didn't go very well. Uh, let's take some calls and uh, let's. Uh, oh, there, I hit the wrong button. Make sure you take yourself off mute. I appreciate it. Let's talk to uh, Paul. Take yourself off mute. What do you think of the schedule, and and how's this look for you? Well, I I like the way it it laid out. Um, I like the obviously the first two games to get ourselves started. I like where the bye week wound up, and I think I think thirteen and four is doable. I don't think that's out. I don't think it's a ridiculous. Um, projection. I'm not sure we'll do that. I think maybe 12 and 5 is more, you know, I mean, you're always going to have one game where no matter how good you are, it seems like every season you're going to have a clunker. Game you should have won that you didn't win. Let me um, be a voice of reason for a second with you, Paul. Uh, One team last year in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans, won as many as 12 games. Yeah. No. 
and that's it. And the Colts won nine last year. Yeah. And the Colts have a new quarterback. They have a new defensive coordinator. So it, there's a lot of change afoot. And and they're going to have to kind of get used to one another. But you know what? And, and uh, as much as talking to you kind of into, into a sensible approximation, I'm talking myself into a sensible pr- approximation because I see 13 and 4 as well. And I know that that's crazy. I know that that's, that's way cockeyed optimistic. And and just and this happens every year. We know this. I went on Dan Dockett's sure. show last year, and he's like, "What do you think?" I said, "Dan, it looks like twelve and five to me." You know, that, that's every year. So, um, is there a game on the schedule you you would go travel to? What would be the dream travel game for you? Well, I'm in SoCal, and it's a three hour trip to Vegas. So, you know, you mentioned on your uh, YouTube podcast, I think that it was a a good fun game to go to and uh it's only a three-hour drive for me um one of these years i'm going to make it to indy and go to a, a game at lucas oil but um you know i got i got the raider game uh, i'm looking at is the charger game on the road charger game is here on okay. monday night football all right then then yeah the closest one for me would be the raider game so that's probably one for me and and the, the Charger game makes me nervous. To me, that's that they have they've had a heck of an off season, and they were they were a tough team already. So that that's going to be a battle, even even on the home turf. I but appreciate I, it, Paul. Thanks so much. Thanks for thank taking you. the time to talk. Sure. All right, let's go to Noah. Noah, make sure and unmute yourself. And uh, what do you think about this schedule? How you see the season shaking out? I think if you really, if you really put it all together, I know I'm gonna sound crazy for saying this, but I know I'll be called like dumb or something for this. But I do, I know it's gonna be probably impossible, but I do believe they can go 17 and 0. <laughs> I knew it. I knew somebody was gonna say that. I'm glad it was you and Noah and not me, because 17 and 0. I mean that that assumes a lot of really, really, really good things, right? In terms of health. In terms of Matt Ryan playing at the the height of his powers, dialing it back to like 2016, and Gakwe staying staying healthy, probably Paris Campbell staying healthy, uh, Quentin Nelson staying healthy, a lot of health going on, and Frank Reich dialing up all those fourth and fours from the opponent's 40 and hitting on all of them, right? Yeah. I was well in Gakwe, He 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 was healthy all of last year, and the he same was. with um, in, and the same with Matt Ryan. So I don't really have a concern with them as much as I do the others. Yeah, but Matt, uh, Matt Ryan's going to have to come in and play consistently at a really really high level. He's had four losing seasons in a row or non winning seasons, and it's been a while since he's come in and kind of been the gunslinger who got things done for the Falcons. Maybe you can do it here. We'll see. I appreciate the call. Thanks, Noah. You're welcome. All right. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Ryan. How you doing, Ryan? Make sure and uh, unmute yourself. I appreciate it. What do you see in the schedule? Ryan, you got to unmute yourself. There we go. Sorry. <laughs> there you are. No problems. Hey, what's up there, Mr. Kent? How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. 17 games, 17 wins, no? No, no way. Uh, I'm going to – man, I'm, I'm going to say 12-5. and five. I think we're, uh, we'll lose the Kansas City game. We'll lose the first Tennessee game, even though it's going to be, uh, you know, They're here. both at home. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think I think we'll 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 probably lose both of those right off the bat. I think we'll start out two and two. I think we'll beat uh, the Broncos. We'll beat Jacksonville. We'll beat Tennessee again. Washington. I hope we we kill them. Um, New England's going to be a, a I don't know about the New England one. Las Vegas is kind of iffy. Must again. Philly will beat Pittsburgh. We're going to beat Dallas. Will beat Minnesota. Will beat Chargers. Will probably going to lose. Giants will beat and then. Texans will beat. So I'm going to go 12 and five. I like this schedule being bracketed get week one, week 18 with games yeah. against the Texans, easily the worst team in the NFL. I think that that really bodes well. I think that that's a sweet looking schedule. Yeah. 
Yeah, I hope. Uh, you mean if if we could get past, if we could beat Kansas City and Tennessee both at home, we'll go all the way down until. I mean, New England. So I mean, it all depends. If we if we beat the Chiefs and we beat the Titans, man, we we might we might roll out. <laughs> But we'll we'll see we'll see how Matt Ryan plays. Hopefully he comes in slinging. We need him to be a slinger for sure. Get our tight ends in, you know, in the game and and all that good stuff. And hopefully we uh we have some some healthy players, wide receiver core like Paris. I really wish Paris would actually play one good season because I think the dude can play, but he's always hurt. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Ryan. Thanks, man. Have a good night. Let's talk to you JP, too. folks. JP, make sure and uh, unmute yourself. How you doing tonight? Mr. Folks, is there that. you We're go. How you doing? Of- yeah, sorry about that. Um, I don't want to be the – I hate to be the wet blanket, but I'm, I'm going to remind everybody about who this team is, the team that cannot win out of the gate, Consistently, it, it's been a a uh, problem year after year after year after year. I don't know what we think has changed with Frank Reich that he's suddenly going to get us ready to hit the ground roaring and winning. But the, here's here's the problem. I mean, optimistically, it looks like a very winnable season. But if we stumble like we always do at the beginning of the season, not only could we get off to our bad start and have to overcome it, which we're kind of used to. That's our mo. But we're already in big trouble in our division. So to have that many division games early, sure, you know, we everything's going to be fantastic if we get, you know, through the through that initial five games, uh, you know, and let's say we went four out of five, we're going to feel fairly good about it. But man, if we stumble a couple times, we're we are behind the eight ball because making the playoffs, I think our best route is to win the division. I don't. I'm not as optimistic about winning games like Thursday night at Denver. That doesn't look good to me. The San Diego game doesn't look good to me. Kansas City doesn't look good to me. Um, so I, you know, and I think that we're also underestimating the power uh, and improvement of the NFC East teams. I think yeah. that they they brought in a lot of good players. I think if if we take them lightly, we're going to get stung. So you know, I, I originally I thought we'd go three and one against against the the NFC East and go one and three against the West. So let's just say we split those and 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 we're evened out. That that puts us kind of behind the eight ball to win all of our division games. To have them all right out of the weakest part of our team's history and preparation. I, I don't know I don't know why everybody's so optimistic about these crazy predictions of records with our history and the fact that if we lose even one of those early divisional games that could destroy the season before it even gets going. You know, we, we have such short and convenient memories, don't we? Yeah. Haven't won an opener since 2013, but we're checking off the game at Houston as though it's an automatic win. Can't win at Jacksonville. Lost to Jacksonville. The last time we saw the Colts play, that's week two. We got that chalked up as an automatic win and see the first game that provides any kind of significant challenge being the Chiefs at home at Lucas Oil Stadium. You know, and and you're right. If you get off to an 0-2 start against two bad teams, all of a sudden those two games that you would have won in all likelihood, like week seven, week eight, if not for the slow start kind of history that this team has, you've taken those wins and you've turned them into losses, and that really is difficult to overcome. Yeah, I think we could be chasing a loss in game one or game two. Either way, we lose either of those two games. That's going to be something we're going to be chasing the whole rest of the season. And we're going to run out of divisional games, um, you know, before in a blink. And then we've still got a lot of tough teams to play. So I, I, I would pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, it looks like we should win 10 games on this schedule. I think I think that it's a I think it's a tougher schedule than people are realizing. I like I said I really think going to Denver on a Thursday night it's already hard to play and adjust your body to that 
altitude and to kind of mark that in, pencil that in as a win. They are a, they've got great receivers on that team. They have a great defense and now they got Russell Wilson. To me, that might be one of the toughest games on the whole schedule. And a lot of people are, are for some reason assuming that's going to be a win. Are you surprised looking at the schedule for primetime games? The one you mentioned at Denver and then two Monday night football games, uh, one against the Steelers and the other against the Chargers here in town. And then Sunday night football at Dallas. That's four national TV games for a team that went nine and eight and really doesn't have a significant marquee star. I'm not actually surprised at all because, you know, we we were on national TV most of the season. Our players all got in the Pro Bowl because of being on national TV most of the season, especially when the Pro Bowl voting was going on. And so I think, you know, right now we're we're kind of uh, it's like any year after after being on national TV like that. you know, people know who our players are, so they're going to be. There's more interest than there was. It was a great move by Ursay to step up and volunteer to be that first team to do it. I think it's paid off. It's going to pay off in the contracts these guys get. It's also going to pay off on the excitement yeah. that the league has for us a lot more than they would normally have on a small market team. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not super surprised. Plus, it's been clear that we've we've gotten hosed for quite a few years on having prime time games, and I know that you don't like them. But, no. you know, most, most, most fans, let's be honest, most fans love the idea of being on national TV. The players, of course, love that. Um, I don't know that um, it's going to be good or bad. You know, the Dallas game, it's, it's at Dallas, right? Yes. Yeah, so I, I don't have the schedule in front of me, so I'm just going off of what people have said. But, you know, that's, that's not going to be a walkover game. That's a good team. So I, I don't know. I, I, f- I see a lot more landmines throughout the season. But to me, we've got to win. If we can win four of the five divisional games, like lock those in, the rest of that initial schedule isn't really as much of a, a big deal to me. But, you know, we can't lose more than one of those games. And if we happen to get knocked off by either of those first two-week games – everybody's eyes are going to be rolling. Everybody's going to be groaning. The media is going to be ticked off. Um, It's going to be same old cult, same old thing. And, you know, Matt Ryan, I know everybody, there's a lot of Wentz haters, but Wentz and Ryan are so statistically similar. You know, I I think that Ryan will be smarter. I think he'll check down to, to the backs. I think, I think the key to us, finishing the way we did was not using our backs out of the backfield as receivers. That was the dumbest thing. I, and I, you people blame Wentz for that, but you know, Frank Wright could have forced that matter. Say, this is what you're going to do. You're going to throw to Hines. You're going to throw to Hines. You're going to throw to Hines and run plays for Hines. And they just didn't do it all season. It was crazy. And I think that Ryan will take full advantage of Naeem Hines. And I think Naeem Hines would have won us two to three more games if they just used him. Uh, at all. He was completely invisible. So I, I think that that I, I'm, I'm not concerned about Ryan and that. And I think that's where he's going to get over on Wentz. Um, so that, that's the way I'm looking at it. I know everybody's excited. Everybody's undefeated right now. Everybody's going to win the Super Bowl. But, you know, 10 wins, 10 wins. We've got to win the division, I think, to make the playoffs. I don't think we're getting a second team from our our division into the playoffs because we all face the same kind of tough onslaught of teams. Um, so, you know, if we can, if we can take it out our division, at least then, you know, we'll be there at the end and host a game and then we'll see where we're at. But Matt Ryan is not some guy that's going to carry us through some of these tough games. It's going to have to be our defense. It's going to have to be our running game and it's going to have to be utilizing those backs. I'm telling you, that is going to be the key to our season throwing balls to our two world-class running backs. Both of them as receivers are two of the best in the entire league, and it was criminal how little they were used. I appreciate it, Brian. Thanks so much for the call. Good to talk to you. No problem. Okay. That's Brian. State champion, by the way, for the Hamilton Southeastern Royals. Uh, uh, Brian, really, really good dude. Um, let's go to Paul. Uh, Paul, one of the things things that I, uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing in, in, um, in, in Matt Ryan is utilization of the tight end. I think that's critical for them getting over on this schedule. What do you, as you look at the schedule, what do you see? 
I I I agree, and I think that I gotta you know, you know, JP brought up some good you know counter, uh, you know, bringing up our our recent tradition of losing out of the gate, and I mean, Lord forbid that happens. If we're one in five, then Frank Reich's sitting in the electric chair with a wet sponge on his head because Jimmy, <laughs> I, I'm sure Jimmy got that out in that post Jacksonville meeting last you know, after that loss. Yeah, yeah. So hey, he, the leash is short if something like that happens. But the, to the tight ends, Matt Ryan loves tight ends. Matt Ryan does not melt like wax in big moments like our buddy Wentz did. I think there's some key differences that really bode well for us, including, you know, Alec Pierce, the man has straight line speed. If Harris Campbell is healthy, fingers crossed, there's speed down the field. Opens it up for Jonathan Taylor, opens it up for Hines. I think a lot of good things can happen with this offense, you know, if we stay healthy. And you made the point in your podcast of how much easier it makes it on the offensive line. I just think... I think the front office and, and the coaching staff have done a really good job in not just addressing the needs, but just drilling down really into the X and, uh, and O's of why things didn't work uh, last year and, you know, years prior. So I, I think, and I love the tight ends. I love the tight end room. You know, we'll let these young guys prove themselves, but I mean, if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm a DB on a, uh, opposing team and I got a choice between a six foot six guy and a six foot seven guy coming at me. It's like, what, what do you do? And the yeah, whiteouts yeah. are tough. I mean, I, I think we're going to be markedly better. I, I just. I appreciate, I appreciate it, Paul. It, Thanks so much for so taking much the for time taking to call. The very, very, very nice very of you. Nice Let's go to Jack. Like... Jack, make sure and unmute yourself. Welcome to the show. Let's talk about the Colts and that schedule. What do you see out of this team this year? And make sure and unmute yourself. Hey, he's gone. There's Jack. Jack's back. And uh, let's see. Make sure and unmute yourself, Jack. All right. Well, Jack's having a little bit of trouble unmuting himself. So let's talk about one of the games I think you ought to go to. If you're looking for a road game, if you got a little bit extra scratch and you want to go to a road game, you can go to Vegas if you want. Vegas, tried and true, you're going to have a great time in Vegas. But Dallas is spectacular. And, uh, like, I'm not a big fan of the city, but of AT&T Stadium, of the cleanliness of that place, of the customer service attention to detail of that place, of, and here's like a sort of an inside story. I used to travel with a, a St. Louis Rams, did that for a season back in 2012. And so being with Rams media, I was down on the floor. I, I could walk around anywhere I wanted, six hours, five hours before the game, before anybody else is in there. Before anybody else is in there, I'm down on the field just looking around because it's a big, giant place and it's beautiful. And all of a sudden, out of the tunnel come the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders like marching, like they're marching in front of 80,000 people. They're doing it with that level of performance. And and they walked right by me, and I thought, well, this is awesome. I'm the only guy down here. I'm the only guy, really, that you could even see in the stadium. And here are the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders literally 10 feet from me, and they go through their routine smiling, all made up, looking like they're performing for everybody in the stadium. And it was just awesome. And, and that goes to show the level of detail that it is kind of infused within all aspects of that operation. I, I think it's really interesting to go to Dallas and watch what they do. I loved my trip there, not because, again, that I like the city or I think anything about the Cowboys other than, like, disdain. But, man, the people are so friendly. The cheerleaders just do it different. The way that place is set up is awesome. And I think if you're a fan of going to visiting Stadia and you haven't gone to Dallas yet to see AT&T Stadium, you owe it to yourself to do it. Um, 
so here's one of the keys, and and people have hit on it throughout the show. You know, you you got a guy like Matt Ryan who has made tight ends a lot of money over the course of his career, and he's made a lot of money for himself with tight ends. But he had Kyle Pitts last year. He's had a bunch of guys. You go back to Jacob Tammy. He had Jacob Tammy, Tammy, and Tammy was more productive with Ryan than really with anybody else. I think even including Manning, although that's close. So you've got that. You've got a guy who understands how to use a back out of the backfield. Uh, Tevin Coleman, Indiana guy, went to the Falcons and was utilized really, really well by Matt Ryan. Let's take another call. Let's go to Noah. Um, how you doing, Noah? Good. How you doing? I'm good. I have to ask your input. Yeah? Do you think that at Tennessee would be a good game to go to. Yeah, absolutely. Nashville's a ball. You're going to have a great time in Nashville. It, this is one. These are two different trips, okay? Dallas, I would, I'd swoop in. Like, if I could get there, it's a Sunday night football game. If I could get there Sunday morning and bomb out, like, early Monday or, or late after the game, if they got a red eye coming back, that would be great. Nashville is uh is going to be a traditional Sunday game. I would go down there like Thursday and spend Friday down there, spend Saturday down there, soak up kind of what the town's about. Great food, great music, great bar scene. Sunday go to the game and and drive back Sunday night. I I'd spend some time in Nashville. I heard it's real it's I heard it's really uh pretty down there. It's really pretty, and there are always uh, you, you've always got bridal showers going on, and uh, or bachelorette parties. You've always got bachelor parties. It's a big kind of magnet city for that kind of action. I don't, I don't know why that would be. That wouldn't be a, a thing that I would travel to go. Want. I I don't want to watch other people have fun. I'd rather have fun myself. But yeah. people. Go there. They have a great time, and and I think you will, too. Thanks very much for the call. I appreciate hey, can, it, Noah. Let's talk I'm to Jack. Fine. Jack, how you doing? Hey, Kent. How you doing? Can you hear me? I absolutely can. Um, and now I can't hear you. That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. We all, you know, uh, thanks for, are are you there or are you gone? Can you hear me? Yeah, there you are. Well, I think we're going to go 12 and 5. I think we're going to win the first four and then the losses that um, are at Denver, at Denver, at New England, at Las Vegas, at Dallas, and, um, against the Chargers at home. I think that, that game will be tough against Justin Herbert, and they've gotten so much better in the offseason. All right, Jack, I appreciate it. Let's uh, let's dig a, a little bit into that. Um, Jack wants us to uh, – um, let's see. What, I, I hit the wrong button. I, I apologize. Uh, wants us to um, go – Eight is it? No, seven and one at home, and then lose several games on the road. And uh, the only home loss being Christmas weekend against the Chargers on Monday Night Football. I, you know what? A lot of people aren't sold on the Chargers. I think the Chargers are really good. Justin Herbert's terrific, good weapons, and really good defense. Um, but you've got you've got the Colts beating. The uh, beating the Chiefs and the Titans in back-to-back weeks here at Lucas Oil in week three and week four. What gives you the level of confidence they can do that? You know, I like getting the Chiefs early in the season before um, I saw, I think it was Kevin Bowen say this. I don't know for sure, but um, they don't have a lot of time to really have a lot, get up some, a lot of film on our defense, and I, I don't really like the I don't really like the Titans um, as much as I as I did last year. Obviously, losing AJ Brown, and I don't know how much I trust Ryan Tannehill. I think we split with Tennessee. All right, let's go to Jacob. How you doing, Jacob? Make sure and unmute yourself. 
thanks to everybody for calling. This is fun. Hey, Kent, I kind of got a bone to pick with you. Um, oh. So I can't listen to any other Colts podcaster now because they all say, what's up, Colts Nation? And I am <laughs> so I – didn't, I didn't even know it was a pet peeve of mine. But now that you've pointed out, I hate Colts Nation. It is so annoying. We're just Colts fans. We're not Colts Nation. It's dumb. Um, so I got to say, I mean, I know a lot of people are probably thinking this. But the, the Washington game is the one I'm looking forward to the most. All season, I was a big supporter of Carson Wentz. You know, every, every Sunday watching football with my family, everyone's ragging on Carson. Oh, no, let's give him a chance. He's a good guy. I think we – but that last game in Jacksonville, I had just had enough. I kind of blew a gasket. And at this point, I am just so ready to watch the Colts – destroy commander carson and his oscar meyer wiener <laughs> costume <laughs> you know you and jim ursay both you guys yeah the the fuse was short in week 18 wasn't it yeah i loved uh uh jim on uh, jim ursay on the the pat mcafee show and he's like yeah, let's be let's be happy that i'm a law-abiding man and we're <laughs> not in uh not in middle ages because i think some heads would have rolled for how angry he was yeah that that last game it was like are we watching this right now? This isn't. This is insane. Come on, come on, Carson. You're not even. Are you playing football right now? I appreciate it. Thanks so much for the call. And I, I love the uh, the thought that I, I'm turning uh, personally turning the tide against people using nation, like Hoosier Nation, Colts Nation, Pacer Nation. No. All, we're a fan base. They're a team. Let's not let's not rise. Have this rise to a national level uh, deal. What's going on, Gary? How are you? Hey, how you doing, Ken? Can you hear me? I can. All right. Well, I think one of the things that you highlighted with one of your recent shows was it made me think about last year, the first five games. And I remember yep. when I saw the schedule, I thought, "Wow, look at that lineup." And uh, it made me look at the first, what, seven weeks of the season, and it's all AFC matchups? Yep. yep. So now I'm just thinking, ooh, well, let's see how we look at week eight, at the start of week eight. You know, last year, not to belabor this, but it was Seattle here, Rams here, at Tennessee, at Miami, and at Baltimore. And and even the I think the most optimistic uh, kind of assessment of those five games looking ahead to them was two and three, and in in most cases people were going one and four, and in one and four wound up being exactly right. Really hard to overcome one and four. This with at Texans at Jacksonville against the Chiefs against Tennessee, and then traveling to Denver Thursday night football. What do you see? Well, what I was more interested as far as like, you know, the primetime games, you know, yeah. uh, I think you were trying to point out earlier in the uh, latest show. I'm like really interested now if it's not going to be Chicago, Minnesota, which lame duck of a game are you going to have to watch at one o'clock now? <laughs> That's exactly right. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Gary. Let's go to Dan. How you doing, Dan or Don? I'm sorry. Oh, he left. Hey, uh, Noah's back. How you doing, Noah? Make sure and unmute yourself. There you go. Hey, I have a couple questions for you. Okay. So it's just two. What game are you the most worried about? What game are you the most excited about? The game I'm most worried about, I, I don't like losing at home, so I'm, I'm not a, uh, a giant fan of that Chargers game. Christmas weekend on Monday Night Football. I think that's going to be a tough home game. Um, but I, I'll, I'll be honest, the one I'm most worried about is at Houston because the Colts don't win openers. And you've, if you're going to win the division, you have got to beat Houston twice, and you've got to figure out a way to beat Jacksonville twice. And if you're able to do that, I think you can get over the top of the Titans. If you start losing to lesser – Mike Vrabel is not going to lose to Houston, and he's not going to lose to the Jaguars. So any game that you lose to the Jaguars, you're giving up one game in the standings to Mike Vrabel and the Titans, and I don't think you can do that. Mike Vrabel did lose to the Texans once last year. 
Yeah. Did we lose to the Texans? No, the Titans did. Did the Titans lose to the Texans? Yeah, they lost to the Texans. Did they? Yeah. Well, then he's not going to lose to them again, you know, because Mm -hmm. he's not going to do it two years in a row. This is how you – this is – that's like broadcasting backpedaling. That's what we do. Um, I got nothing but respect for Mike Vrabel, and I think he prepares his team really, really well. But you're right. In week 11, they lost to Houston 22-13. In week 18, they beat Houston 28-25. So you're exactly right. They did. Let's see what they did against the Jaguars. See if they held serve. Yeah, they uh, they beat them soundly both times, 37-19 and 20 nothing in uh, week 14. So point well made. I appreciate it. Can I also add the fact that um, one, one of the times we played the Texans, we completely shut them out. The other time, we only allowed three points. Good point. I appreciate it. Thanks, Noah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk to uh, let's talk to JP. How you doing, JP? Make sure and unmute yourself. I think I'm unmuted. Am I there? Yep, you're here. Okay, so I, I put some more thought into this. There's a couple. Um, rivalry games you've obviously got the washington game i know a lot of people think that's going to be a walkover they've really improved that team so if Wentz even plays an average game which he's certainly capable of doing all season for us um i i don't think that's an automatic win the other one is do you really think belichick after the walk-off turner touchdown last year is not going to come loaded for guns against us when we're at the Patriots, that is going to be a tough game to win. And, uh, and I also think that, you, you know, Philadelphia has also greatly improved their team. You know, it's our, our former coach coming. Um, I think those three games are going to be really key swing games that you could, you could easily lose two or three of those games. I, I, I think that, those are when you're looking the other way and you're not taking them as seriously. Uh, I just, like I said, I don't see, do you see Belichick losing to us again? Not up there. I, that would be just hard to fathom, but you know what? That's recency bias, right? Like I, I just, I never in my wildest imagination after what happened, you know, for so many years up in Foxborough, think that the Colts are going to go in there and all of a sudden, you know, make Bill Belichick their, their biatch. Uh, I just don't see that happening at all, ever, ever, ever. I don't see Frank Reich. You know, if, if you look at Reich and you look at Belichick, and, and this is just purely kind of cosmetic, uh, you know, which coach would you rather play against? You know what I mean? I don't want to play against Bill Belichick ever. Yeah, I. What do you think? Uh, what do you think about Philadelphia that game? You know, I I, I got to tell you, and I was a little bit surprised when the Eagles hired Nick Sirianni, but my fear when they hired Nick Sirianni, which is in direct opposition to my feelings about Matt Eberflus going to the Bears, I felt like, oh no, they got the best coach we got. You know what I mean? I, I felt like right. Sirianni was a guy who I might look at as as a real viable replacement for Reich and Eberflus I never thought about that in a million years but I think he's an effective leader I think Hertz is going to be a better quarterback they have gathered some weapons for Hertz and and that defense as long as they got Fletcher Cox I I'm I'm the biggest Fletcher Cox fan in the world I think he is he is a class act He's an explosive athlete still at his age and, and a guy kind of, he, I, I hesitate to mention Aaron Donald and Fletcher Cox in the same sentence because they're completely different players, but he's a guy you got to scheme against too. I, I really, I like the Eagles and the way Howie Roseman has built them. And I love the way Nick Sirianni leads them. Now teams like Dallas, you know, Dallas was kind of an enigma. You know, they can't win in the playoffs. They they seem loaded with talent. They did lose some talent. Um, we're playing at their place. Do you have any thoughts on that game? Uh, I always feel pretty good about going up against Mike McCarthy. <laughs> you know, and, and not to reduce it to just coach on coach because it's players and you got guys. 
you know, Zach Martin and you got Dak Prescott. You, you got a lot of guys. Parsons, who's terrific and was a great draft pick for the Cowboys last year. Um, but anytime I look at the opposing say it's kind of like Bob Knight looking at Dale Brown when they played against LSU. They're down nine in the, uh, what was it, like an Elite Eight game in 87. He said, I right. thought we were beat until I looked at the opposing bench and saw Dale Brown. I just <laughs> feel that way about Mike McCarthy. And and the last thing is um, the elephant in the room on our schedule is the AFC West. And yeah. everybody, you know, everybody saw the arms race there. Um, I I could look at I, I, I don't see any game out of those four that we can't lose. In fact, I think maybe the easiest game that we're going to have is Kansas City because it's at home. And if we can get on a roll out the gate, I think we might be, you know, we might be able to get past them. But um, that that those teams are so improved. What are your thoughts on that division and facing all four of them? And do you think do you see more than one one out of four wins out of that that group? I would like to think that we can beat Oakland or Oakland. Good heavens, Vegas. And other than that, you know what? The Chargers are really, really good. Denver's really, really good. And Kansas City, I, Kansas City's like the anti-Mike McCarthy. You, you look over at Andy Reid and you think, okay, he's playing four-dimensional chess with that offense. And even though he doesn't have his queen anymore in Tyreek Hill, you know what? You, you really got a uh, – you're dealing with a lot of weaponry all helmed by Patrick Mahomes and and that makes that game tough too and and it is it's a bad year to play the AFC West but uh we don't get to choose those things and hopefully you know what if they're 2 and 1 after they play that Chiefs game in week 3 i'm going to feel real good about them whether or not they beat the Chiefs if they win the first two and lose the third i'm cool if they split the first two and win the third i'm cool if they go 1 and 2 uh i i'm going to start getting real nervous yeah, one one other thing I, I also wanted to bring up, one of the earlier callers, I can't remember which one, brought something to my attention I didn't realize is how many AFC games we play right out of the box. That yeah. is crazy. Like that, your season, we have to get off to an incredibly good start. Any kind of a, even like a medium, like a four and three kind of start, even a five and two with two AFC losses early like that, you know, we, we saw how important it was with tiebreakers and how how bunched up everyone's going to be. That's a They've got to change their ways. They've got to come out of the box and win games this year, or we could really be in deep trouble that we can't dig ourselves out of. You know, five of the first seven, it, there are only six games that they're going to play against the AFC South. Five of the first seven are against the AFC South. In the first seven weeks, games against Jacksonville, and Tennessee are going to be gone, not going to face those two teams again. Nine of the first 10 are against AFC opponents. So you're exactly right. Have to get off to a really good start. And again, if if they wind up one and four this year with this schedule, they're dead. Like there's no coming back from that. Yeah, even two and three because they're all AFC teams. It's not just just not just our division, but it's the AFC in general when it comes to tiebreakers. So even if we're you know, three and two out of the gate is not super rosy because we in the, don't we have seven straight AFC games? Is that what somebody said? Is that true? We have, yeah, it's the first seven. And then Washington is the only departure into the NFC. And then uh, a game at New England and a game at Vegas following that game. Wow. So, so eight of our first nine, nine. games are against AFC? Worst, or nine, nine of, of the first ten. Yep. That that's not, so we've got a 10 game season. I mean, we we've got to be absolutely 7 and 3 at the bottom at the bottom yep. of that run. We've got to be 7 and 3 or we're going to really struggle in tiebreakers down down the stretch. You know how smart we are, Brian. Scheduling. We we didn't even know what this schedule was going to be an hour ago. And right. it, it, it's been 50 minutes. And we've gotten this thing broken down to the point where we know what they've got to be after the first three games, five games, 10 games. 
and if they're going to win and get into the playoffs. This is a smart group of people that we've assembled to participate in this show. Have you ever seen have you ever seen somebody play five five divisional games that early? I don't think that No. I've never seen anything like that. You know, just like our last year's uh start to the season was a murderer's row. I think we kind of got hosed. I mean, look, if we get off to a great start, then we might we can cruise through the rest of the season, but oh my gosh, do we have some we have some stress on our team right out of the gate to win all these games. And we we can't drop a stupid game anywhere in that first 10 because it's just going to be devastating at the end of the season. Absolutely. Thanks. I I appreciate it, Brian. Thanks so much. Sure. That's Brian. Hey, I had a great time with you guys tonight. This is really fun. I enjoy calling quite a bit. We do it once a week for at least a half hour. We get toward uh, an hour. And uh, as long as there's something to talk about, and there always is, the NFL is just like genius. The way they pulse out information, the way they pulse out announcements, you got the draft, and then two or a week and a half later, you got the schedule release, you've got mini camps, you got OTAs, you got other stuff coming up. The offseason for the NFL is every bit as well orchestrated as the regular season is for the NFL. It's almost more fun to talk about free agency, then the draft, then the schedule release, and all that stuff. It's just excellent. And uh, I love it that we get to get together uh, once a week and kind of chop it up, talking to each other instead of like comments and whatnot. But join me tomorrow morning, Breakfast with Kent, about seven o'clock. We get started every afternoon. We do Inside Indiana Sports Now. That's all across all kinds of, you can see it on Facebook, Twitter. It's on the YouTube channel, kentsterling.com. You can get it on iTunes, and uh, uh, Spotify all over the place. Love doing it and and love the little community that we built. Thanks so much for being a part of it. I'll talk to you here next week, and I'll talk to you on Breakfast with Kent tomorrow morning. Appreciate it. Thank you so much.